This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. It is Wednesday. We are doing topic number two with Anna Kelly. How are you doing, Anna? I'm great today, Michael. Awesome. This is this is a question actually came from my session on Tuesday. I asked Omar, who's my expert on Tuesday, the same question. And that is the word legacy. And I want to tackle legacy from two forms. First, what did you take from your parents, right? Think back to being a, a I'll call it a kid, right? A young lady. Uh, we'll talk about that first. And then we'll, we'll flip the script at some point to what are you hoping to do for your kids? So, so Anna, when you were, uh, you know, I don't know, my memory's not great, but maybe 10, 11, 12, 13, what were you taking away from your environment? So it's really interesting, Michael. So my parents divorced when I was very, very young. So I had two completely different family dynamics, one with my mom and one with my dad. And my mom was a single mom, um, you know, through different cycles. She was married and divorced a couple of times, abusive marriages, you know, not easy. Mm. While she was single, you know, she worked two jobs. She did whatever it took to take care of us. So she was a leasing office during the day. She was a bartender at night. Um, I babysat and had to learn a lot of responsibility. But the one thing is my mom loved us and she worked so hard and did whatever it took to survive and to be okay. And even through abusive marriages and, you know, having the strength to leave when it was hard with young babies because of abuse, you know, she did whatever it took to take care of herself and her children. And that's something that really stuck with me and, and has allowed me to weather storms and challenges of real estate and life to go, you know what, it's whatever it takes. You don't just give up and wallow in it. Life is hard for many, many people. Um, and there's so many things that people don't see every day that are hard. But if you develop resilience and grit and fortitude and a whatever it takes attitude, you'll survive most things. And so I, I can say I got that, you know, from my mom. And then, you know, from my dad, I really saw, um, you know, the, um, a family unit that really put family first mm. and that really trusted God through all the challenges. And those are the two things that, you know, they, they had a lot of challenges too. And, um, you know, really their, their faith in God and, and instilling that in me that I could trust him, I could pray and everything, you know, I would, he would work everything out for our best. And, wow. and I, I knew that deep in my core because of how much my parents drilled it into me. And, in times that are very, very difficult, I've been able to have that faith that said, okay, I don't have the strength to handle all these things on my own. And I can't see how everything is working out for my good, but I'm just going to have the faith and trust and pray that it is and allow that to, to instill in me optimism and hope so that I don't give up when things are hard. Um, so, you know, that, and just um, keeping my family more important than money and, and wealth and all these other things, I think has allowed me to have a better perspective about money mm -hmm. and not to chase it to become wealthy at the expense of my family and everything else. The family has always been first. 
And the money is just a means for me to put my family first and spend more time with them by creating the freedom to be able to do that. Yeah. So there's so much in there. And I, and first and foremost, moms, I don't know what it is about moms, but they just have this special strength that nobody else has. Yeah. Once you're a mom, you just have this next level. Um, so shout out all the moms out there, including sure. yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So mom and my mom's going to watch this and yes, mom, that includes you. Okay. Just check. <laughs> I don't want to get a text message later saying, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's wonderful. Um, the other thing is uh, I wanted to ask about was investing ever talked talked about or was it like my environment where it was always too much of a month and not enough money and it was just like what, what are we gonna rob from peter to pay paul with my mom always check to check to check to check to check yeah. never had extra money um you know we get a new pair of jeans and a new you know designer shirt or two um you know when it's time to go to back to school and then you know we'd ask my dad you know for help um, my dad and my stepmom, I thought they were wealthy. They're a school teacher and they were a, you know, general foreman at a, at a, um, like a pipe fitter at a refinery. And so they were average and middle-class, you know, American middle-class family. Um, and they, you know, worked hard to, to pay for our college and had to work extra jobs, you know, just to be able to pay for things. So they never had a much extra, they saved a little more, um, you know, and, and they had that savings to be able to, to pay for college and pay for, you know, you to get a, a used car when you graduated and you needed a used car. But there was never any talk about annuities or stocks or bonds. It was like whatever they had in their teacher retirement yeah. or their union retirement, that's what they were going to depend on. So I had zero um, yeah. so financial where did, where did that come from? Because you have it. I mean, you had it in you. Was it the fear of missing out? Was it the fear of not having? I mean, where'd, you, where'd that fire come from? Because you dove in and, and just went after it. Because, you know, when I was young, Michael, and I saw my dad and my stepmom, I thought people that have money and good jobs and a degree live better. Uh, and me too. I knew <laughs> that my mom, you know, she didn't have an education um, and she had children and she had, you know really difficult marriages. And I knew I didn't want that. I didn't want to stay stuck in poverty. And by seeing my friends that had intact family units that both worked, I thought intact family units that have money is the key. Mm. And so I just said, I've got to be the best at everything I can. I got to get a scholarship. I have to go to college. Mm. And so I dove head into being the best at everything so that I knew I could get a a scholarship either through my grades or through playing the flute but I had to get an education. So I thought if I just have a degree, I'll have money and I'll be able to take care of my family and I won't ever have to worry about a man leaving or a man being abusive. I mean, that's just the psyche that I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really about survival and just creating something more like what my dad and my stepmom had mm. than being stuck in the cycle of poverty that my mom had. Mm. And that was where the drive came. You know, Once I got my degree, I got a degree in business management I worked full-time while I went to school full-time and graduated in three years. Like Jeez. the drive has been there. Like I'm the do whatever it takes kind of person mm-hmm. because I was in such a hard environment and I was going to do whatever it takes to get out. Um, so after I graduated co- college, Michael, I got called by um, the head of private banking at Bank of America. 
Mm. One of my roommates had started to work there and she said, Hey, you need to get on us. She'd be a great financial advisor. And he's like, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about you and you were working while you went to school and we'd love to put you in our financial advisory training program. And I was like, okay. So it wasn't until I started learning about finances through the Bank of America financial advisory training that I really started to think about investments and ah. 401ks. And, and I, was, I was taught once you have money, here's what you do with it to grow it, create income and preserve wealth through Got all it. the traditional investments. Um, real estate was never talked about. So, but as I, as I learned about investments, I thought one day when I have a job and I'm making a little extra money, I will start to invest in these things. Um, so it, it, that gave me more of a financial mind to kind of combine with my drive um, that, that wanted, you know, wanted to achieve more um, and, and build more. Uh, but it wasn't really till I, I started investing in real estate and had a baby and a real why to make more than just something I can retire on when I'm 65, like the American dream, yeah. um, th that my mind started to expand. Like I got to figure out and do whatever it takes. How can I replace my job and stay home with my baby? And mm -hmm. as I thought about those things and started seeing people flip houses, it was like, okay, I got to expand my means yeah. so I can get home with that baby. And that started the path of just learning on my own to figure it out really. Very, very cool. So let's flip the script now. So we know where we know where your fire was forged. Now you're a mother of of multiple children. Um, they're how what rate what age range? I forget. They are nine, eleven, fourteen, and seventeen. Yeah. So they're all old enough. I mean, what they're doing today, they're going to remember. It's not like they're three. Yes. Right. Right. So what are what are you hoping? they take away from, you know, the nine-year-old, the next nine to 13 years, right through college, what, what kind of legacy or example maybe is a better word. Are you hoping they take from what you are doing now, right? Post AIG, right? Let's not talk about AIG post AIG. You've now been out a year, I think, or a little bit more than a year. Um, what are you hoping they take from that? Sure. One is that when you really, really want something and you feel led um, or called or created to be something or to do something, you've got to be able to do whatever it takes. You can't be lazy and expect someone to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You can't sit on your video games all day and expect to, you know, be okay. Like you've got to apply your giftedness and your, your brain and actually put in hard work um, to do anything meaningful and worth it. So, you know, just the hard work ethic and, and grit and determination our world wants everything easy and yeah. you know, something is hard and they, they whine and they cry that it's too hard homework. And I'm like, nothing's hard. You're choosing <laughs> to think of it as hard, but it's really easy. So it's a yeah. matter of change your mindset and your perspective. So in little ways, I tried to get them to think differently. So if you, if you see everything as a problem, you're just going to wallow in problems. If you see everything as a challenge to overcome and a way to shine and a way to, to use it to grow, then you're going to do a lot more and take a little more, you know, risks and, um, and take the bull by the horns and do well. So, you know, that's yeah. one thing. And the other thing that I really talk to them about at all ages in different ways is how to master money instead of letting master money master you. Ooh. You know, if, if we think of, um, you know, I want 
I want a soda, so I'm going to spend my money on that and take it out of my piggy bank that's for savings. You know, you're going to blow all of your money on stuff that doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and, and you have to learn how to, to budget and how to wisely use money for things that you need, but then use money for things that you want. Um, so we talk a lot about you have to learn about money. We play cash flow for kids, you know, so they know what a balance sheet is and what an asset is and a liability. Nice. Um, my son is a senior. I could go out and buy him a really nice car right now. I have the financial means to do that, but we haven't done that. He has my husband's passed down used truck with a lift gate. It has rust all over it. And he has a car that my, my mother-in-law gifted to him after she bought a new one. It's been smashed on the back of both sides. And he doesn't like, you know, why can't I drive a new car? We have the money to do it. My friend has a Mustang or this or that. And it's because it's not something that produces real value to you. It's just a look at me, I'm flashy. Yeah. So instead, let's buy a rental property that brings you cash flow. And if you want to spend that cash flow on your car, then you can go get a car and get a car payment. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to buy you something that's going to create the means to expand your means to allow you to, then to go buy the things that you want rather than wasting money on the car payment. So you never have enough money for a down payment on a property. Yeah. So those are just the kind of things that we're trying to instill in them is to think bigger and to, to master the use of assets to pay for the liabilities. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about in, the, in this, because kids are very observant, right? Again, when I was, I mean, that's, that's how our fire was forged, right? Was observing, in your case, your mom and your dad's different environments. Your kids are observing very different things, right? They your oldest, was he old enough to remember your, your husband's debt and AIG struggles, or was he just a baby at the time? I mean, he, he was, he was six. Um, he, they remember, he remembers, and my daughter who was four at the time, they remember sleeping on, you know, yucky flooring while we painted till two okay. o'clock in the morning. So they have um, some of that. Yeah. And helping to pull up tile and, you know, um, hate that we had to work two jobs, you yeah. know, and so they do remember that. And okay. you know, we've told them part of why we had to do that is because we had too much school debt, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we had a house payment and a car payment, and we shouldn't have done it that way. And right. if we had not tried to pursue the American dream, but we downsized right away, instead of having to learn through that, we yeah. would have been better. So they remember it enough and, and the pain of having to you know, 24 seven, be with us at another property right. that for a while they were like, we're never buying apartments. My, my oldest two, we hate apartments. Every time I'd buy a new building, please don't buy another building. But you know what, Michael, they saw and they observed that mommy was able to retire. Yeah. And now she's at three o'clock, she's fully present. And now I'm at all their games and I'm at all this stuff. So they've seen that it paid off yeah. And now they're enjoying a beach house and vacations and a nice home. And they're seeing, we lived in a teeny tiny two bedroom apartment and yeah. for years and then rented a house and they've seen the progression of what the hard work has bought us. And now they're like, okay, mom, we want to do real estate. Show mm -hmm. us how. Yeah, so that's, that's the win. That's where I was going with this conversation is because you've done some, uh, back to our topic, number one, is it worth it? You've had a couple of things in the last, I'll call it six months that are like, check, right? The, the beach house, <laughs> check. You got your, your model, you know, the home you've always wished for, check. So what I was wondering is, you know, 
your four children, when they're looking at this, are they, what do you, do you, do you hope they take away from this, the struggle, the sacrifice led up to this? Or are they like, oh, we fancy now? No, I, I, I try to keep them very grounded. Good. You know, yesterday I had a conversation with my 11 year old. Mm. All I want for Christmas, I mean, through tears is an iPhone 6S. My (laughs) friends have an iPhone 6S and I'm like, okay, you're 11. (laughs) You see your friends all day. You don't need to come home and text with them. And I'm not buying you at 11 years old, a phone and then giving you access to social media and all these things, but all my friends have it and you have money. You could easily afford to buy me this. And I'm like, but just because you have money doesn't mean that you should spend money on things that you don't need and that are not good for you. And so in his mind, if we have money, we should just go buy this and buy that and buy this and buy that. And I always try to pull them back to no, you have to wisely choose what you buy. And if we had bought all these phones and all these things over the time, we wouldn't be able to have this house that we have. Um, So, you know, I definitely, I do not want my kids to grow up spoiled little rich kids, you know? Um, And I also, this is really important to me. I also know that as much as we have now and as thankful as we are for all of these blessings, if it was all taken away tomorrow, Michael, we would be okay. And I've said to my kids, you know, we need to thank God for the things more than we, you know, more than we love the things like we will have seasons of life where there's abundance and there may be seasons of life where there's nothing. And our choice to be content is a choice. And I've learned that I can truly be content in all circumstances. I mean, I've been in poverty. I've had wealth. And if I lost everything, we could still be happy. We'd move, we'd move back into one of our apartment units and we could be content. And I want my kids to learn the value of contentment and not seeking joy and happiness in things that quickly fade away. So you pursue legacy wealth, you pursue these things and you, you find ways to give back and create legacy that way. Um, But if you learn the value of contentment, then you'll never be a slave to the pursuit of more money so that you can get more things. So that's really important to me. Yeah. The one, all of that is wonderful. The one wrinkle I'll add with Teresa. And again, my, my daughter's older than your older. She's 29 now. Mm -hmm. So um, she was in college by the time we really had wealth. So she didn't get to see, I mean, yeah, she didn't get to see what we have now, but the thing for us and Olivia gets all the credit in the world for this was happiness. You got to be happy, right? And that's yeah. because both her and I weren't very happy, right? We were we were working working hard because we thought it was our duty almost, right? Right. Uh, so that was a big thing for us when we were raising Teresa's. You know, do what you love, um, right? If you yeah. if you find what you love and you and you'll never work a day or whatever that quote is, that 100%. was that that was one thing we did with with her. Yeah, that's so important. And I have this kind of conversation all the time with with my son right now as he's on the brink of getting ready to go to college next Mm -hmm. year. You know, it's even if you don't love real estate, because not all not everyone's going to love it as much as I do. I love it because of what it's done for us. Right. But even if you don't love real estate, if you can create passive income 
it gives you the freedom to do what you're made to do and what you really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't go to school and get a degree just because you think, well, that's a degree that can make me money. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something you enjoy. And if you don't know what that is at age 18, just be undeclared, take some basic classes and get a business degree. Go to junior college. That's what I did. I didn't know what I wanted. (laughs) I I did too. And so, you know, I want my kids to know, listen, if you decide that you want to be a garbage man or a cook, or a waiter, or a teacher, or a doctor, whatever it is you want to do, I'm going to support that 100%. And that's what I want you to pursue, what you're passionate about, not what I tell you is going to make money. But you've got to add the real estate and the passive income to give you the freedom to always be able to live and enjoy what you do. And if you find that you're doing what you don't love, then you'll have the ability to pivot because you've got this passive income continually coming in. So that is such an important a um, really important lesson and legacy to leave for our kids. For sure. Well, that is awesome. We will close it right there. I think that's a great way, great place to leave it. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you so much.